Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We welcome you this Sunday to Serve Shirt Sunday. And I am looking at a sea of red. I love this because this shirt says something. It speaks something, not, to, not just to this community, but it says something about who we are as a family of believers. In fact, one of the families uh, sent me this picture. I thought this would be a great way to start this message on this special Sunday. John Vincent sent me this picture And uh, check him out. He and his family took a trip to the Grand Canyon and went on a hike. Now, how many of you know your pastor would never stand on that rock right there? (laughs) I know we've come out of a series called Soul Care, and we talked about fear, but I don't have faith to stand at that height. But he took this picture and sent it to me. He said, I wanted to declare serving from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. Can I have a good amen? How many of you know that serving works at whatever altitude? Come on, talk to me. It works in whatever country, whatever culture, among any people group. We're going to see today that serving has the power to unlock kingdom potential in the world around us. You know, what I love about these Red Serve shirts is it says something to our community. I remember uh, Michael Compagna shared this story several years ago. He's one of our, our staff members. He and his wife, they serve so faithfully here. Remember the flood of 2016. How many of you were impacted that year? A lot of us were. And uh, Michael told this story when the rains, they just continued to pour. Where they were living, his street began to fill with water. And so he immediately went down to the local fire station and began to sandbag. He's, he's, he's needing to get sandbags to protect his house. And so, man, he's digging and bagging sand, and, and he, you know, he's got these 10, 15 bags, and people keep taking his bags. He's like, man, why are you stealing my bags? And so he just digs some more and bags some more, and the more he bagged, the more they took. And finally, one, one guy pulled up, and, 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 and he says, yeah, I need 10 bags loaded in the, in the back of my truck. He's thinking, what? what, what What's the deal? I'm trying to save my house. But then he looked down and remembered he was wearing a red serve shirt. (laughs) And so the whole neighborhood thought that he was there on behalf of HPC to save their homes. Can I have a good amen? Listen, don't put on a red serve shirt and not expect to work. Come on, talk to me. Uh, but you know, these serve shirts that we talk about and that we wear, and, and I'm thankful for the, the, the red and what it represents, but it's got to be more than just the words on our chest. It's got to be the spirit inside of our hearts. I, I thought about our church, 30 years, God has given us the privilege of serving our community for the last three decades. And our founding pastors, Dino and Delin, it was in their heart that this church would be birthed with a mission to serve our community and to touch the nations of this world. Think about it. A healing place for a hurting world. How many of you know that's a big mandate right there? 
We don't just put that on a sign and, man, that's kind of who we are as a people without embracing the responsibility that comes with that. We'll never bring healing to the hurting apart from serving. Can I have a good amen? And I know as we, this Sunday is preparation for a big weekend coming up. This, this coming Saturday, we're going to serve our community in all different kinds of ways. But church, I'm reminded that church is best expressed, not inside the building, but out on the streets. I'm thankful for the beautiful facility that God's given us here and at our Denham campus. And I know our Ascension campus, we're going to break ground and build a beautiful building on Airline Highway. But I'm reminded that the church is not bricks and sticks. The church is about people. The power of the church is not in the seating capacity, but in the sending capacity. It's about sending people out, young and old, uh, married couples and singles, professionals in college and young adult, every generation sending us out with the mission and the mandate of bringing hope and healing to so many hurting people. Today, I want to talk to you about, the title of the message is simply this, Church on the Go. Church on the Go. And notice how I spelt the word go. In the Greek, if you were to translate the word, I'm teasing, that's, that's not true. But that's how we spell that's the KJN, the Cajun version of the Bibles. That's how we, we go. Jesus said these words in Matthew 23, verse 11. He was teaching his disciples, and I think there's still an education for us as disciples of the Lord, he was teaching his disciples on the value of the kingdom. And he says this in verse 11 of chapter 23, the greatest among you must be a servant. Simple statement, but powerful words. The greatest, somebody say the greatest. Jesus said, if you want to be great, there's nothing wrong with the ambition or desire to do great things. Don't ever apologize for wanting to be great. God told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. God spoke to David and said, you'll be great on the battlefield. Jesus said, if you want to be great, the greatest among you must become a servant. I thought about this. If healing place is to be great, how many of you think we're a part of something great here? Oh, man. I believe, Rachel and I say this all the time, we are living in the middle of a miracle. There are supernatural things that are happening all around us. Please do not minimize or underestimate the move of God's spirit within the church today. There are so many things that I love about healing place. I love this house. I love the unique thumbprint God has given us as a spiritual family in this community. I love our music. How many things we have incredible worship? Whew. Man, I could just sit here all day and say, sing it again. Do it again. Man, I can't get enough. I love our worship. We have some of the most gifted, talented, anointed musicians and singers. I love, I love what God's doing among our students, our kids. I think we have an incredible kids team. And, man, we value this next generation. Our sons and daughters are growing up with a love for God because they're in an environment that prioritizes his presence. 
I love the, the excellence of this place. I think Healing Place has just a spirit of excellence in it. I love our creativity. I think we've got some amazing men and women that, that are bringing so much creativity and, and videos and graphics and, and all kinds of things. But Jesus said if a church is to be great, thank God for the worship. Thank God for what's happening in kids. Thank God for all the creativity. But if a church is going to be great, you can't be great apart from serving. What is it that makes this house great? We love to roll up our sleeves, and we love to help people in need. Can you say amen? Healing Place has never been built on the talents of a few. We've been built on the sacrifices of many. I look across this congregation here this morning. I'm, I know that those that are watching online and watching at other campuses, there are so many faithful men and women and students who sacrifice consistently. You are what makes this house great because the spirit of serving is alive. I know that sometimes there's a tendency in the modern church to be relevant, to be cool, to be trendy, to be progressive. But I'm thankful that this is a house that's committed to serve because if we serve our community, we will always be relevant. Any church that identifies a need in their community and says, how can we meet that need, that church will be relevant, regardless of the graphics or how hipster everybody dresses or how cool or trendy. How many of you know fads, they come and they go? And it's not the cool factor of the church that makes it relevant. In fact, if we're trying to be cool, cool is about yourself, Right? But serving is about someone else. And the church that's committed to serve others will always be relevant. I thought this was interesting. I thought about this just this week. God gives opportunities for the supernatural through service. Think about that. How many of you ever wondered, why don't we see more supernatural things today? Ever wondered that? You ever heard anybody ask that question? You read the Bible, you see all the miracles of the Bible, and you're like, well, why don't we see more miracles today? I believe that there's a connection between the supernatural and serving. Watch this. You remember the story of David and Goliath? Remember that? 1 Samuel 17. David wasn't supposed to be on the battlefield. How did he show up that day to face Goliath, he was serving his brothers. David's father, Jesse, said, take these sandwiches and go give them to your brothers and see how they're doing against the Philistines. Do you notice how serving put David in proximity for the supernatural? I believe that you and I will see more supernatural things happen in our lives as we commit to serving somebody else. If we commit to serve, God will make sure the supernatural happens. David defeated Goliath that, that historic day on the battlefield, but the whole reason why he was there, he was just a pizza delivery boy. Cheesy bread, got some breadsticks and some cuts of cheese, and man, he was just serving his brothers. And I believe as you and I commit to serve, God will always give us an opportunity to see the supernatural. Do you believe that? 
Now, now this is so easy for me to preach. This is one of the easiest messages to preach because I feel like it's who we are as a church. Some of you that have been with us, how many of you have been with us at Healing Place for at least 10 years? 10 years, okay, decades. How many of you have been here longer than 10 years? How many has been here 15 years? Okay, 20 years? Anybody been here two decades? Wow, a long time. Man, how many has been 25 years? Oh, okay. Wow. 30 years? Who's been here from the very beginning? 30 years. Anybody from the very beginning? I'll keep my hand raised. I, I, I have. But you know what's interesting? Jeff Rayburn, I see you up there. You've been here 30 years. I've known you before Healing Place was even a, a thought. But you know, it's amazing how people have maybe been here six months, six weeks, been here a year. They already understand the culture of who God has created us to be in our community. Why? Because serving is a big deal. Here's what it looks like here at HPC. If you're taking notes, how do we serve at Healing Place? Number one, it's about giving. Giving. Somebody say giving. John chapter 6, the Bible tells us this familiar miracle that Jesus performed, the feeding of the 5,000. This multitude was gathered around Christ, and Jesus said, hey, we got to feed these people. Disciples were like, no, send them away. Send them away. How many of you know convenience will never accommodate when God calls you to serve? There's a part, there's an element to serving that's always inconvenient. The disciples were like, no, send them home, and Jesus says, no, we're going to feed them. In fact, you're going to feed them. What do you have? The Bible says in John 6, verse 8, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. So there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves and he gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. And afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Now, notice what's happening here. There's a huge need, but there's limited resource. Does anybody know what that feels like? Does anybody feel overwhelmed and underqualified? God will put you in situations where the need is greater than your resource, so you'll have to trust him. Now, let me ask you this question. When did the miracle happen? Was it when when God prayed? Was it when Jesus blessed it? When, When did the miracle happen in this story? When Jesus began to give. Notice, multiplication happened at the moment the disciples begin to give what they had. Here's what I love about this story. God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. Two fish and five loaves of bread. That was nothing. There are 5,000 people on the hillside. How could one boy's sack lunch feed a whole multitude? God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. But when you take what little you have and you give it, come on, somebody, all of a sudden, the spirit of multiplication, God can grow what you and I commit to give. You know what's cool? Jesus was interested not just in their spiritual needs, but he was interested in their physical needs. And when you meet a physical need, hear me, hear what I'm saying, when you and I meet a physical need, it gives us an opportunity to address a spiritual need. 
You say, Mike, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher. I don't know as many scriptures as you do. I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. And you see everything that you can't do. Jesus says, take what you have. What can you do? Well, I can prepare a meal. Well, it's amazing what a meal, giving a meal to somebody. We say, oh, that's not spiritual. Tell that to Jesus. You see, when you and I as a church meet physical needs, it gives us the opportunity to address spiritual needs. Now, we all know that spiritual needs are more important, but a lot of times people won't receive the spiritual until you first address the natural. Uh, Let me say it this way. I think you and I are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and the gospel is the greatest message on the planet. I believe that 100%. But a lot of people won't receive the gospel until we first show concern for their physical condition. In fact, when you show that you love somebody by giving to them, it gives you and I credibility as ambassadors of this great gospel. And I think you and I, I'll say it this way, we have to, especially in this day and age, we have to earn the right to be heard. You and I have a great message, but people aren't going to receive our message unless we have earned the right to speak into their lives. As a church, we've always been committed to giving. We'll just give anything that we have. I've told you stories about giving away rat bait. How'd you like to be a part of a church that gives away rat poison? Well, if you're a part of Healing Place, we've done that. Somebody dropped off pallets of, of rat bait, and we're going door to door, knocking on doors. Hey, I'm from the church down the road. Um, God bless you, man. Take this rat poison. If you need anything, we're here to serve. We've given away truckloads of sweet potatoes, okay? I'm telling you, I've seen, I loaded up my car full of sweet potatoes, and we're going door to door, passing out sweet potatoes and rat bait. Our, our, my, one of my favorite outreaches we ever did, we did it in the inner city. It was lingerie. We would get truckloads of random things, never knowing what was on the back of the truck. And so whatever came into our stewardship, we would just try to bless somebody else with it. Come on. How many of some people are like, man, sign me up for that church? <laughs> oh, glory to God. Man, when you give what you have, it unlocks things in people's lives. I remember we did an outreach in the early days of the church. We, did a, we gave away bottles of water off of Interstate 10 in the Highland Road exit. And so ice chest filled with bottles of water, and we had dozens of volunteers wearing red serve shirts. And you know during 5 o'clock traffic, that, that part, that, that area gets backed up. So it's like standstill traffic. And so here we are, excited to give what we have. It's hot. Man, we, we want to bless people. And you would be amazed at the people that don't want something for free because they think there's a, there's a string attached to it. And man, it was hard to give away bottles of water in 100-degree weather, standstill traffic. I mean, people would be like, they'd, they'd be, they wouldn't want to look. If I, um, it, it, okay. Because you know if you make eye contact, then you're committed, right? So it's, I know you see me. I know you, you can feel me. I'm, I'm staring at you right outside your door. And we're like, hey, free bottle of water. Are you thirsty? Here, on behalf of Healing Place Church, we just want to bless you. And then they'd be like, well, what's the catch? 
There is no catch. This is just to show the love of Christ in a simple, practical way. Well, what's it cost? It costs nothing. You know, literally, we would have people that would take like a $5 bill and throw it out the window and drive off (laughs) because they just felt so obligated to give. Uh, Listen, there is no obligation. When you serve out of what you have, it's amazing how it unlocks the kingdom potential inside of people. It just blows their mind. Something for nothing? Are you kidding me? But yet the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Listen, you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Can I say that again? Let, let me explain this. You can, you can give and not love. Did you pay your light bill this month? When you wrote that check, was there any love attached to that whatsoever? You can give without loving. But it's impossible to love without giving. When you say you love your city, you love your community, when you say you love God, the natural response out of that is to give. And when you and I as a church, when we begin to give, the walls begin to fall. Listen to me. Walls of prejudice, walls of hatred, walls of judgmentalism, walls of stereotypes, all these walls that separate our community. It's amazing what something, what a gift will do to cause a wall to fall. What's been our word for this year? Revival. Do you know how revival happens? When walls begin to crumble. When division and strife and anger and animosity begin to fall. A gift works wonders. That's what we're going to do this weekend when we cook meals for cancer patients, when we go to LSU and we pass out bottles of water at our Dream Center, when we're working in this distribution at the Denham Springs campus, when we work at this distribution center, it's all about positioning ourselves to give. Serving at HPC looks a lot like giving. Number two, it looks a lot like caring. Somebody say caring. James 1.27, the Bible reminds us pure and genuine religion in the sight of God and the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is a powerful verse, powerful, caring for widows and orphans in their distress. That's what pure religion is. You know, this weekend, Joyce Meyer, she, she was here at Healing Place. She was here Friday night and Saturday. I had a chance to spend some time with her yesterday morning. And we were talking about the value of serving those who are struggling. We talked about helping the poor. The Bible commands us as believers to remember those who are in distress. Do you know there's a tremendous blessing when you do something for someone who can't do anything for you. I mean, you think about it. When was the last time you served someone and you knew that there was no way they could do anything in return? In fact, I thought about this this morning. I know a lot of times I'll wake up and my first thoughts are obviously about the Lord and I'm praying. But most of the time my prayers are, Lord, help me with... Lord, help me with this. Help me in this meeting. Help me with this problem. Help me with this issue. God, I need your help. How many of you need a lot of help? Some of you aren't raising your hand, and you should raise both hands. (laughs) 
We, I'm raising both hands and a leg on that one. I, I can't do it in my own strength. We recognize how much help we need. And sometimes my first prayer, my first thought is, Lord, I need your help with. But God challenged me recently. I think he knows the, the, the help that we need. But I wonder if we would, instead of praying, Lord, help me with, if we would wake up and pray, Lord, who needs my help today? Now, that's a small shift, okay? That's a little, that's a pivot, you know, toward unselfishness, toward caring about somebody else. But what if your primary thought instead of, Lord, help me, was, Lord, show me who I can help? You know, because here's the cool thing about it. When you help somebody else, you're sowing seeds to match your needs, God knows what you have need of even before you ask. But when you make a commitment to value others, to care for others, when your instinctive thought is, Lord, who needs my help? If we would pray that, check this out. I think God would show us needs all around us. I think we miss opportunities to help others because we're not thinking about others. We're thinking more about ourselves. The best thing you can do for yourself is to serve somebody else. You know, caring is how we serve. P people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I have to remind myself that as a pastor because sometimes I feel pressure, and I think I put it on myself. I've got to have the knowledge of this book, and I've got to impart that knowledge to you. Though that is true... It is true. What means more to you is not the knowledge that I have of this book, but you're saying, does my pastor really care? Because once you know I care about you, then you're going to receive what I want to give you. Does that make sense? Have you been in situations or settings or maybe man, you've, you've been listening to somebody who's very knowledgeable, but they're more about themselves than they are about you? You see, our heart at Healing Place is to give people the ABCs. We want you to feel A, accepted, B, like you belong, and C, that you're cared for. If we can give you the ABCs, accepted, belonged, and cared for, people who feel those things when they come to God's house, they will receive exactly what God wants to give them. And if we show value, caring for others, you know, kindness is a powerful powerful part of caring. I, I, I thought about this. Uh, you're driving down the interstate. You'll notice a billboard, and a billboard will, will catch your attention. How many know we got a lot of billboards in Baton Rouge? And you're driving down Baton Rouge, you, man, we're get, get Gordon and get it done, baby. Come on. <laughs> He's everywhere, man. We ought to name this, instead of Baton Rouge, it ought to be Gordonville, man. Let's see, the G, man. A billboard will get your attention, but watch this. Watch this. People want to know, will you get involved in the messiness of my life? And that's different than a billboard. It's called an on-ramp. And kindness is an on-ramp that lets you merge into the traffic of somebody else's stuff. And as a church, we just can't be a billboard on the road. We've got to be men and women who are an on-ramp. Kindness is an on-ramp that lets you merge into somebody else's traffic. Can I have a good amen? 
And when we show that we care, people receive our message. Hear me. Loving God and loving people are indivisible. When was the last time you, you heard the word indivisible? Pledge allegiance to the flag. One nation under God. Indivi we don't use the word indivisible. What does it mean? Indivisible means you cannot divide. You cannot separate loving God from loving people. A lot of people say, man, I love God. But they can't stand people. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about? Are y'all reading that stuff on social media like I do sometimes? Y'all ever cringe when you see a Christian post something like, ooh, sweet Jesus. We, oh, Lord, we got to just pray. I'm just praying. Pray. Man, you say you love God, but you sure have a strange way of showing it. Because I feel like you can't stand people. Uh, listen, our love for God will be measured by how we love the least of these. In fact, if the most difficult person in your life, how well are you loving them? Because that's how much you love God. Y'all felt that. Oof. That, that got me too. That got me too. That stings. But if loving God and loving people are indivisible, we've got to raise the bar in our care and compassion for others. Because guess what? They make mistakes. Man, they don't act right. They, they, they don't say right. They don't do right. They don't think right. And yet for God so loved. You catching this? Come on, how, how do we serve at Healing Place? Number one, it's giving. Somebody say giving. Number two, say caring. Number three, say going. Ask the band to come up. Let me wrap this up. John 13, this is probably the staple verse of HPC. If I could sum up Healing Place in two verses, it would be John 13, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, so Jesus got up from the table. You see, there's a time to sit at the table. And there's a time to get up from the table. You know what we're doing right now at the church? We're seated at the table. God is feeding us. There's a time to sit at the table. But then we have to get up from the table and do something with all the nourishment that we're receiving. It's about diet and it's about exercise. When we come to church, man, we're feeding our soul. But we can't just feed our soul and and sit in what we've received. We've got to put into practice. The Bible says he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water in a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around them. I think this picture of Jesus is probably one of the most humble yet powerful pictures the Jewish custom of that day, when you were to have a meal and invite friends over, there was a servant who was hired that would wash the feet of all the guests that would come into the house. Well, on this particular meal, which was the Last Supper, somebody forgot to hire the servant, and nobody volunteered for the job except for Jesus. You see, everybody wants to be called a servant, but nobody wants to be treated like one. Mm. Jesus gets up from the table. The Bible says he took a towel 
and he wrapped it around his waist. For us at Healing Place, we say it's not about titles. It's about towels. We don't care about titles at Healing Place. If you put stock into titles, you're going to be frustrated here. Because while men are chasing titles, Jesus is handing out towels. He's saying, who wants to serve? The Bible says he got up from the table, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he began to do something that was unthinkable. The highest of the highs. Jesus, God himself, wrapped up in flesh, the highest of the highs came to the lowest of the lows. And what, he, what did he begin to do? He's washing feet. Dirty, smelly, stinky, toe cheese. Come on, how many of you don't like feet? I don't, I don't even like my own feet. Much less thinking about your feet. That, oh, that's gross. Man, think about these men that are walking in their Air Jerusalems, okay? <laughs> the dusty streets of, of Israel. Man, think about all the filth on their feet. And Jesus, the highest of the highs, becomes the lowest of the lows. And he starts to, but, but consider the feet that he washed. He knew that these feet would deny him. But he washed them anyway. He knew that these feet would doubt him. But Thomas, I'm watching, washing your feet anyway. He knew that these feet would betray him. But Jesus said, I'm washing them anyway. He knew that every pair of feet at that table that night, they would run from him. They would run in fear, but they would return in power. Because Jesus was committed to going. And when you and I embrace that, Lord, it's not about titles, it's about towels. God, it's about getting involved in the messy, filthy, gross stuff that people are sorting through. I'm telling you, guys, this is what I love about you. This is what I love about this church. This is not a museum for perfect people, but this is a hospital for hurting people. And man, when you're broken and when you're messed up, man, you need somebody to put their arm around you and say, I love you. I got you. I'm with you. We're going to make it through this. Amen. Do you receive this today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe this. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.